You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Appreciate it. Well, just to refute everything that he just said about me, I just felt led during worship. Um, I'm going to get rid of that pen. Uh, you're probably going to have to pause the recording, potentially. I don't think Evan's going to want this on the podcast for a second. You sure? Okay, cool. So I just felt convicted. I, uh, as Brandon said, I've been doing this now for almost four years. It'll be four years in December. I'm the junior high pastor. I love to get to do what I get to do. Uh, It's an honor. Um, But I am in process just like every single one of you. And so as I'm standing here before you, there are people who, I'm short, so I'm going to stand up here because some of you are like craning your necks to see me which is understandable. So uh, there are some of you who've served, whether it be at a camp, whether it be in my ministry, uh, the junior high ministry, I should say, um, who maybe have had some less than stellar interactions with me. Um, And so uh, because I don't want that to take away from anything that I hope that the Lord would be able to communicate to you tonight, I just wanted to publicly just say, if I've ever wronged you, if I've ever hurt you, um, those of you who know me are probably like laughing inside because you know I'm a little bit uh, of a fireball at times, uh, struggle sometimes with anger and uh, pride. So all that to say, I just want to confess that like as someone who's trying to lead a ministry and is in process and in progress alongside of all of you, if I've ever done anything to offend you, hurt you, I just want to say I'm sorry and I love you and I'm honored that we get to do life together. And I know that's a really weird way to start a message uh, from somebody that you're supposed to be like maybe learning something from. Um, But I hope it reinforces like I'm in process just like everybody else. And I make mistakes just like everybody else and I'm not perfect, and uh, we're all in this family together, and we're just trying to follow Jesus, and uh, that's where my heart is, and I'm learning that as I continue to get older, uh, that it's a process. It's a messy process. So let's pray to start it off, um, and uh, then we'll jump into it. So dear Jesus, thank you so much for every single person that decided to be here tonight. Um, God, I just pray that you would continue to reveal yourself, your heart, Um, for every single person here, that you would continue to reveal a little bit more about the mysteries um, of who you are and reveal your power and your love and your grace in just new and profound ways. And God, I pray that tonight that we would have ears um, to hear your words, not my words, but your words, and that we would um, hopefully develop some practices to be able to walk alongside of you well and uh, run this race of life that can be crazy and messy and wild, that we would uh, just learn to be equipped by you. Um, ask all of these amazing things in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Cool. That's not how I was planning on starting, but that's how we're going, all right? So everybody should have a um, uh, paper in front of you and then a note card and a pen. The note card and pen will come later, um, but the, the paper is, I'm not having any slides tonight. Uh, I'm just going to have that paper. Here's the hope behind it that you can take it home with you. You can make notes on it if you want to, but this is just my brain and kind of the, the walking through the topic that we're going to be talking about tonight. Verses are on the back, um, and the verses that are highlighted yellow are actually the verses that, two of the verses that will be on the back. So hopefully that all makes sense. Uh, I am uh, have been honored to uh, finish up this series 
uh, practicing presence that Evan uh, jumped into, and uh, we've learned about uh, so far God's word. Evan taught about God's word, scripture, and the, how meaningful that is. He talked about uh, prayer. Amy Mitchell had an incredible message on prayer. If you have not listened to it, highly encourage you to go listen to it. And uh, Evan's was good too. Uh, his was good too. And then last week he talked about Sabbath, and uh, that was another really great message as well. And so Evan said, "Hey, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be in California." But I'm going to teach on Sabbath and rest, um, people finding rest, and I want you to talk about fasting. And I was like, awesome, cool. I get to tell people about withholding something from themselves. That's, that's awesome. I love that. So he set me up for success right off the bat. Um, but in all seriousness, I actually really, uh, this is something that I've recently been processing and developing over the last couple of years, and I think that it's um, sometimes maybe a little bit misunderstood or um, maybe not as uh, talked about, maybe uh, we don't practice this as much as some of the other disciplines, and so I'm really excited to talk about it. I feel really uh, confident in, um, in what this has the potential to do for your life, because I've experienced it personally, and so uh, buckle up, let's go. It's going to be fun. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm married. I have an amazing wife, Megan, uh, in August. It'll be five years that we're together. We have two kiddos together. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you, Cassie. I appreciate that. Uh, and two, we have a two-year-old daughter, and she's just so much fun. She's sassy, and she's crazy, and she always wants to ride in the wheelbarrow around the block 17 times. And every time we pass our house, and I'm like, all right, we're done. She's like, bye, house. See you later. So I just keep going until uh, she falls asleep, hopefully. And then I've got uh, a son who is just about to be eight months this upcoming month, and he just got his bottom two teeth. And so I can't uh, put my fingers like this and just let him, like, chew on them anymore because it's starting to hurt. But he is so sweet, and he's our little joy boy. We call him our joy boy because he's just the most smiley kid in the entire world. Um... Evelyn was not that way. My daughter was not that way. Uh, you had to work hard to get her to laugh. But Isaiah is just a delight. He's just such a smiley guy. So that's just a little bit about me. And um, the reason that I bring this up is important because I would say that my experience with fasting has been developed since I've had kids, basically. Like, it, that's when it really started to take off. That's when it really started to, to take root in my heart and in my mind. And so I want to start off just by talking about uh, the disciplines in general. The disciplines in general. All of these disciplines, God's Word, reading God's Word, prayer, Sabbath, fasting, and others that I'll mention in a little bit, um, they are meant to draw us closer to God, and they are meant to be beneficial to us. And something that's interesting is the Jewish culture, so the time that this Bible was written, these practices were very intertwined into their everyday or every week or every month life. Like, they were just a massive part of life. And one of the things that I have noticed, even in my lifespan, is the way that culture is moving, we are separating more and more these disciplines and these practices from our everyday life. So Evan used the example of Sabbath, for instance, right? Sabbath, which is a day of rest. Typically in, in American culture, it used to, pre-1960s, used to be off. Like nobody worked Nobody did anything. There were no baseball games. Like, there wasn't anything going on. It was a day where all of the businesses shut down, and that just 
it was just a time to rest. It was a time for everybody to, to just shut everything down. And more and more and more, we are just seeing some of these practices, um, some of these opportunities to rest, some of these opportunities to develop some of these practices being separated from our daily life. And the reason that I bring that up is because one of the complexities that we will have and continue to have for future generations. And I'm wrestling with this with junior high, specifically because they're like the first generation that is more unchurched than church in American culture. That's a real thing, and it's a crazy thing. But one of the things that we are gonna have a hard time with, and this is, this is my opinion, I'm hoping I'm not prophetically speaking this, I'm just, I just don't see a way where it's not going to happen, is we, as we see this separation, continued separation between Christianity and the way we're called to live as Jesus followers, and the way that the secular world, the culture is shifting and moving, it is going to be more and more difficult to understand some of the things that these Israelites in this Bible just took for granted, just accepted clearly. There used to be so many different things built into their system. There used to be Sabbath. There used to be, uh, you know, con- uh, in some cultures, confession. There's uh, fasting. There's sacrificial rituals. There's cleansing rituals. There was bar mitzvahs, right? Like that was a, a symbol of entering into manhood. It was this time that they set aside for young men to move into manhood. It was built into their society, and God was a part of all of that. And so as we continue to move, move away as a culture from the foundation of this, it's going to be more and more important to be intentional in how we interpret it. It's going to take a lot more effort and work to interpret this because it just doesn't come as naturally. So I want to start with a passage, Luke 18, 9 through 14. So on the back side of your page, it's the first one, and I want to read through this together. This is a parable Jesus taught. To some people who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He points at the tax collector. I fast twice a week. Fasting in biblical times, uh, just so you know, is, was traditionally the withholding of food for a designated period of time for a designated purpose. That's what fasting is. So if you're not sure what fasting is, that's what it was in biblical times especially. But a tax, the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This, this passage is super important and super relevant to what I just talked about. And, and here's why. Because uh, I think there's an argument that we see in our culture a lot of times, uh, and there's a disdain for the, the pious, hyper-religious, Right? the people who think that they're better than everybody else, the people who are so like rigid in their structure of everything faith-wise that they just don't have room for any of us other lowly broken people, right? We look down on that. And then over here we have 
the personal relationship, right? Like, that's what God cares about. He cares about a personal relationship. He doesn't care about all of that. He doesn't care about all these acts. He cares about what's in my heart, right? Is that something that resonates? Is that something that we understand? A couple head nods, that'd be sweet. Okay, junior hires usually like, yeah, blah, blah. So I just am used to a little more like, woo, okay, sweet. So we've got this, right, pious, religiosity, religious, whatever. The word is so uptight, it's just crazy. But we have all of this over here. We have this over here, personal relationship. And I think people oftentimes use this argument as an excuse to not have to do anything uh, that is a practice, a spiritual practice. So, hey, it doesn't matter if I go to church. That's not what determines my relationship with God. I don't, I don't need to go to church once a week. I don't need to read my Bible. God cares about what's in my heart. Right? I don't need to be a part of a small group. I can continue to grow. It's about a personal relationship. So I can just, as long as I'm like, you know, invested in reading the word, I don't need other people in my life. I don't need to jump in and serve anywhere. I don't need to give my money to the church. Like that's just all action. God cares about my heart. And I think that that's actually just a sign when we there's, that's becoming more and more popular, more and more common. I'm just telling you right now. Like, that's just a reality. And, and I think that it's actually a sign of, of an immature faith. And I'm not saying that, like, judgmentally. I'm just saying that my heart hurts for that because it's missing the real greater issue. It's missing the greater issue. The real problem is, is this. This is, this is something that's on the top of your, the back uh, page. The repetitive action of spiritual disciplines does not lead to justification. Justification means being made right with God. Okay? Being made right by God. So the repetitive action of spiritual disciplines does not lead to justification. God's grace alone does that. It says that in Ephesians 2. However... The spiritual disciplines are meant to enhance our relationship with God and elevate our character and maturity as followers of him. So you can't just have one or the other. It has to be this thing that's combined. It's incredibly important to not look at these practices as optional in your walk with Jesus. They are a core part of a relationship, a healthy, growing, maturing relationship with Jesus the heart behind the action definitely matters. But the actions as well are undeniably important. Those practices help us grow. They help us continue to learn. So, getting to a definition of fasting. That's all the background. Now let's get to fasting itself. Fasting is this, okay? Voluntarily withholding from something meaningful and or nourishing to you. So it's voluntarily withholding from something meaningful or nourishing to you for a specific time and a specific purpose. It's meant to do this very simply. Take your eyes off of the things of this world and focus your attention fully on God. That's what fasting is. And I'll just talk you through this very briefly. Like, I don't know about you, but I've gone through uh, New Year's resolutions, just like probably a lot of us. And uh, the one that's been recurring a lot of my life is not drinking soda. And as I've aged over 21, I'm not consuming alcohol. Um, and so for a specific period of time. And the reason that I've done that um, for a specific period of time, not forever, okay? Let's get that straight, okay? That is impossible. <laughs> just kidding. But... <laughs> 
But I will say, um, I've done that, and it's been in the past motivated by health, right? Like, I want to be a healthier person. I want physically to be healthier. So, the, for instance, the year that I went an entire year withholding from soda was awesome. I felt more energetic. I felt like I just had, uh, I, I was, I just felt stronger, faster, less tired, less dependent on caffeine. Like, I just felt like a healthier person. But the difference between, for instance, doing something like that and fasting is my focus for that was on my body. My focus for that was on my health. There was no part of that really realistically that was about relationship with the Lord. So that's where the disconnect is there. And that's where I really had about three, or three years ago some, some real breakthrough when I, in my understanding of what fasting actually is. So now we get to the front part of your page, okay? And this is just a walkthrough quickly of what is fasting. Like the who, the what, the why, the how, all of that stuff, okay? So bear with me. I want to give you just a background of fasting, and then we're going to go through why you should, what should you fast for, from, who with, all that stuff. So why did God's people practice fasting? I'm not going to go into all of these verses. They're there, so you can look at them yourself if you would like to on your own time. I'm just going to quickly move through them. Fasting was always done historically, biblically, to look to God, to look to God, to remember who God was and ask him to deliver, provide, and or forgive. And it was typically done for four different reasons, okay? Number one, mourning, sad times. Example, 2 Samuel 1.12, the death of the king, King Saul. The, the nation is grieving. They've lost their leader. They're going, what do we do? Where do we go? I don't know what's, what's to happen. They've lost their focus on who their true king is, okay? That's number one. Number two, repentance. means turning away from your, what you've done in the past and moving closer to the Lord. Repentance, Jonah. 359, the Ninevites, okay, turning away from their sinful ways when Jonah goes to them and says, hey, you guys are living like a bunch of idiots. You're disrespecting the Lord. He's going to destroy your city. They decided to fast, put on sackcloth, mourn, and they repented from their ways all the way up to the king, and God spared them. Number three, pleading with God for something specific. So in Ezra 8, 21, the Jewish people are returning from the Babylonian conquest. They're going back to the nation that they had previously lived. They're freed and they're praying, fasting. God, would you guide us back home safely? Would you protect us? They don't have this army to protect them on their, their voyage back. And then four, preparation. This one's exciting. In Acts 13, three through four, it's the early church. They're surrounding these, these early church members, these apostles, these people who are gifted prophets or teachers. And they bring them all together. They've been fasting and praying together, worshiping together. And they're in this room and it says that they call some specific people forward. They lay hands on them and prayed over them to send them out to do good works. Another reason for fasting. Okay, so... To look to God. Why should we fast then? So we can follow Jesus and so that we can mature. Why should we? Three reasons. Follow Jesus' example. First thing he did after he got baptized. He went out into the desert. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a supernatural fast right there because there ain't no way somebody's surviving without food for 40 days, all right? That's crazy. I could never imagine. But he, he's out there. He did it himself. 
Number two, he taught about it. It is an expectation in Matthew 6, his Sermon on the Mount, right after he's done teaching about how to pray, he says, and when you fast, it's an expectation laid out for us. And number three, healthy discipline, okay? It draws us closer to God and to others. And there's examples of that all throughout scripture. All you have to do is search for the word fast. Well, fasting maybe would be a better one. There's people who ran fast in the Bible. You know, John, he had to say something about how, you know, he won the race. You know what I'm talking about? On the way to the tomb. So, with whom shall I fast? You might be asking. It's a very, very important question. It's personal. There's numerous, numerous ways you can fast. There's the communal commitment, which is an Esther. She she is this this queen who is trying to plea on behalf of her people for the king to stay. To, to get rid of this executive order that would destroy her entire people. And she looks at her people and she says, please, fast with me. No food, no water, three days, three nights. Fast with me, pray with me. And then I'll go to the king and ask for him to change his mind. That's community. That's coming together for a common cause. My mom has a prayer group of people, women that she gets together with. And as I was a tiny little kid all the way up to a tiny man, um, <laughs> she would get together with this group of women and anytime any of, any of their kids would be going through something challenging, going through something tough, they would get together and they would fast and they would pray. A surgery, family emergency. They'd get together and they'd fast. Some, some, one of the, the kids was being rebellious. They'd get together and fast. It's coming together. It's being united in community. There's also the private and the personal, okay? Jesus went out into the wilderness to prepare for the ministry, the life of ministry ahead. Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the commands from God to give to the Israelite people as they were getting ready to establish this new community. So it's personal. Could be with people, could be private. Number two, or next thing, sorry, way more than two. When should I fast? When? To prioritize, okay? To prioritize. Here's some suggestions for when it would be a potentially a good time to fast. When you are out of rhythm, when you feel far from God, when you're distracted, when you're feeling really undisciplined, it's usually time to go, huh, maybe I should uh, focus back in on what really truly matters. Maybe when you have a really big life event, a big conversation, a dilemma in your life, that's a time to potentially fast. And when it could unite you with a fellow believer or fellow believers in prayer. What should you fast for? Now, this one is exciting to me. This one's exciting to me, okay? It's a purpose. You're not just doing it because it's a discipline. You're doing it for a reason. You're doing it for a reason specifically that's unique to your life. To me, that's, that's life-giving. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but reading in my Bible, depending on where I'm at, okay, it is just a drag. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, some of you are nodding your heads because you're honest. It can be a drag. Like some of the minor prophets, I'm like, What? Like, there's some stuff. Garth's like, no, it's all great. It's all amazing. I'm like, yeah, because you're really smart, man. I get it. But, like, it is a, it can be a drag sometimes. But here's the cool thing about fasting. It's about, it's personal. It's something that matters to you or to people that you care about. It's purposed. Here's a couple of ideas. Repentance. We all have some things that we've committed 
or we have these continuous thorns in our side, these perpetual weaknesses that we wrestle with, refocusing our perspective, rediscovering our first love of God and who is really in control. That is a great time when we are broken, we can get back to God, yes, I made a mistake. God, I am really wrestling with this thing. Lust is a battle. Will you please walk with me? Number two, on behalf of an individual, including yourself, or on behalf of the greater community. That's a purpose to help pray on somebody else's behalf, to help focus your time and attention on somebody else's behalf. For me, it's my kids. When it really started to click for me is when I had two kids. And I would fast uh, specifically from food, but I'll get into more of what you can fast with later. But specifically for me, it was food. And when I was hungry throughout the day, which it doesn't take much, okay, for me to get hungry quickly, I've built up some good, uh, I've, I've practiced eating pretty well. And storing it. <laughs> that was a good one. So, <laughs> I got distracted in my own joke. I'm really sorry. So when, when I'm hungry in the day, when I'm hungry in the day and I've, I've determined I'm going to fast, specifically for my kids, what it does is when I get hungry, I stop immediately in that moment. I think about the like, most delicious food ever and then I go, no, not right now. I got to focus. And then I think about my kids. And then I pray. And, and I'll tell you what, like, I hope all of you get to experience parenthood someday. It just gets me every single time. Like, I understand God's heart in just a very different way, um, just a more beautiful way as a dad. And to be able to, like, just intentionally spend time, because life's crazy and busy, but to be able to intentionally spend some time to go, God, would you be with my daughter? Would you prepare a man for her? who loves you, who will pursue her with honor and dignity and care for her like I would want her to be cared for? Will you help my son to grow, to love you, to be strong and courageous, to be a model of what it means to be a godly man, to be able to share those things, to be able to pray and stop intentionally throughout the day and pray about that? It gives me meaning, gives me substance, it's intentional, it's purposed. And obviously you can tell, like I feel that I'm an emotional person anyways, but I feel that. It inspires me to return to God and his goodness and to turn to him with the things that matter most because I can't raise them perfectly. I can't raise them on my own. I can't be the best husband that I want to be without God helping me along. So, on behalf of an individual. And then something that we are crying out to God about, a need, a hope, a desire, a direction. God, would you continue to just speak wisdom into my life? Would you give me the gift of discernment? Would you help me to interpret the words of your Holy Spirit, crying out to him intentionally, asking for more? It's purposed. What should I fast from? Here's the question. What's consuming you? Or what are you consuming? Is it your phone? Are you a slave to your phone? The first thing that I do when I walk into the bathroom and sit down on the toilet, TMI, don't care, is I pull, I reach for my phone. If I've left it, bummer, right? That's, a, that's like one of the worst feelings. Like, ah, come on, man, what I gotta do? There's no Reader's Digest in here anymore. Come on. 
I read the toilet paper or something. I don't know. I write notes on my toilet paper just for that, just in case. I don't do that. That's weird. But what is it? Is it your phone? Is it Netflix? Is it food? Is that an effective motivator? Is it a romantic relationship? Is that something where you are seeking your identity, your fulfillment, your love, your validation from somebody else? I know plenty of people who uh, uh, they they took a break from dating. I did too, but mine wasn't by ch- mine was uh, not by choice. It was just <laughs> it was more so a lack of prospects for a while. Um, but there are people who did, and I'm like, you're crazy. That's wild. Like, why would you do that? But it was really cool because I got to see um, in their life, I got to see them really, like, figure out who they were, where they were getting their worth from, who God created them to be, their true actual identity, apart from what anybody else said about them. What is it? As long as it's something meaningful and the lack of it in your day-to-day life will drive you to remember intentionality with God, then that is it. That could be it. And it could be different depending on the time, depending on the day. Next, how long should I fast? So you're saying, how long is this sermon? Here we go. How long should I fast? We're almost done. You guys are doing great. Pray about it. Pray about it, okay? There's no absolute time commitment. James 1, 5 through 6 on the back says... If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Here's why I put that in there. If you're going to fast, do it for real. Involve God in the process. Ask him to be a part of it because he is. He's the reason you're doing it. Involve him in it. Make it relational. Practice hearing his voice. How should fasting look? Practicing presence. Back to our title. It should be focused and intentional. It should be withdrawing from the daily norms to realign our hearts, our minds to God. And here's the thing that I, I really want to say too, and this is about all the disciplines. It, it is not a punishment. You don't say, I'm not going to have a meal today because I've been really bad. Okay, that's a bad thing. It's not performance-based. It's not shame-based. There are a lot of people who leave the, hurt, the church hurt because they think that the church is built around a shame-based culture or a performance-based culture, and this is not what it is. Here's what it's about. It is about developing relationship with the creator of the universe, and he's given us ways to do that, and the reality is, is it takes work, and we don't get it right all the time, and that's okay. Right? There's a reason I stood up right away and was like, hey, I suck sometimes. Kind of a jerk. Sorry about that. Right? We're all in process. There shouldn't be shame motivating you in your fasting or in your Bible reading or in your, I got to perform. I got, that's not it. It's meant to practice being in presence with God. And humility is foundationally and always at the center of it. If you flip one more time with me. Here's what it says. This is Jesus teaching on fasting. We'll end with his words. When, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. They're like holding their stomachs. They're like, oh man, I just want some Taco Bell right now, you know? I'm so hungry. 
It's like, yeah, okay, GNS, whatever. Okay, who's name? Is anyone in here named Janice? I'm really sorry if your name's Janice. Oh, sorry, Janice. I apologize. Sorry. It's a great name. So, it is. It really is. Truly, <laughs> truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head. Anybody daily dose of oil on their head? Yeah? Nope, me neither. Uh... What does that mean? On your head and wash your face. Here's the point, okay? You put oil on your, here's the thing. Present, like look presentable. Don't let it there be any difference. Don't let people know like, oh, I'm so tired and I haven't had breakfast. Or like be normal. Act like a normal person throughout the day as if, so people can't distinguish between the two. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here's the thing. Fasting is personal. It is a personal thing. It is an important thing. It is an expected thing in relationship. And it's not something where it's like once a week you have to do all of these things. or like. But it should be a regular part of your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't get enough airtime, to be honest. So here's what I'd like to do. Because I'm a junior high pastor and... Uh, and I can. <laughs> so you all got no cards, okay? You all got no cards. Um, and here's what I would like for you to do. I'd like for you to take a second, and you can use this sheet kind of as your guide. I'm going to kind of walk through it. But here's what I want to preface by saying. If you say that you are a follower of Jesus, if you're like trying to figure this whole faith thing out, uh, please don't starve yourself from food. Hope that's clear. Like, um, But if, you, are you, if you're saying like, I'm a follower of Jesus and I want to like pursue a relationship with Jesus, then I like... I think Evan would say this too. Like, there's an expectation that you're going to take steps to growing in your relationship with Jesus. So this is just a way to do that. So let's do this together. If that's you, if you're like, yeah, I want to be in relationship with Jesus, let's do this. Don't be too cool for this, okay? Like my eighth graders. All right. I want you to start. Evaluate the win. Evaluate the win. So look back up on your sheet. And you go, okay, when should I fast? Prioritize. Where are you at there? Like, do you have a big life event coming up? Do you have a conversation or dilemma like that you need to kind of like work through? Are you out of rhythm? Uh, is there somebody that you could invite into community and life with? What does that look like? Where are you at? Give yourself kind of like an honest evaluation and just kind of write where you're at. Or you can just write, I'm good and you're a liar. I'm just kidding. Some of you might. Some of you might be there. That's great. That's awesome. The next thing. Determine what it is that you could potentially fast from. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be tonight. It doesn't have to be this week. But what is something that you could potentially fast from? Okay? What is it that you could potentially do without so that you could focus your attention on God? And then, after that, I want you to leave a blank space, okay? And just write time next to the blank space. And I don't want you to decide that right now. I want you to, like, involve God in that in that process. How long of a time do you think that that would be? But that's something to pray about later, okay? And then, I want you to write, am I going too fast? We're good? Cool, sweet. I want you to write down three things that you could intentionally fast for, okay? Three things that you could intentionally fast for, and here's where I want that to come from. Repentance or perpetual weakness. That's number one. 
What is something that you maybe need to repent from? What's a perpetual weakness that you need to involve God more in that process? Number two, who is an individual or like a community that you could be intentionally setting aside time praying for? So think about, I think about like my wife. I think about like my kids. I think about my leaders uh, uh, who serve in the ministry. Like what are some people that you could intentionally be setting aside time from focus outside of yourself? And then number three is what is something you, you have like a desperation to God about? Like it could be a dream. It could be a desire, a hope, some like more of God in some way, like being more attuned to his Holy Spirit, wisdom. Like what is something that you need? Or maybe it's direction. Maybe it's, I, I don't even know where to go next. Like I just graduated or, you know, I just don't even know what's next. But I want you to think about those three things. And then I got two more. Okay, that's it. Two more and then I'll shut up. Determine whether or not this is something that you would like to do alone or if you'd want to be surrounded by people. And if you're wanting to think about, if you want it to be something that you're in community with, think about who you could invite into that process. Who, who are some people that would be soldiering with you, who, who would jump on this with you? But this last year, for the first time, I started uh, fasting regularly because uh, my friend Levi was like, literally, it was like the second time I'd ever had a conversation with him. And he was like, hey, man, how's it going? I was like, good. He's like, have you ever fasted before? I was like, who are you? <laughs> I was like, kind of. Like, not really. He's like, you want to fast together? And I was like, cool. And so we bonded. We, that's like literally how we built our relationship. And he invited me to his baptism. I'm like, I, dude, I don't, we just fasted together. Like, that's, I get, like, it was, a, it was we, it's the weirdest way I've ever started a friendship, but it was awesome. It was super cool. Who's a stranger that you could be like, hey, you want to fast together? No, just don't, think about people who are actually in your life first. Start there. Not all stories are fairy tales like me and Levi's, so. And then, uh, and then here's the last question, okay? How do you, how can you make this a rhythm, okay? How can you make this like an act, an active like rhythm part of your life? Returning back to like the first part, which was the ancient Israelites had rhythms built into their days, into their weeks, into their like calendar year. They'd have festivals. They would have bar mitzvahs. They would have like these cleansing rituals where they would like, right? Like what is a way that you can actually get this to be a part of your life? Not just this week, not just tonight, not just tomorrow, but like for the long term. How could you do that? Because this is not antiquated. This is not no longer important. This is incredibly important. Okay. And then we're going to sit here and we're going to pray for like 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding you guys. Gosh, man, come on. Here's what I would encourage you to do. I'm not going to force you to do this, but I would really encourage you to. I want you to uh, think about involving somebody else in that process with you, not fasting with you, but talking about what you've just written down tonight. And that could be outside this room. It could be in this room for 10 minutes. It could be whatever. It could be people that you're really comfortable with, that you showed up together with. It could be people that you didn't show up with. I just want to encourage you to take time and space. And here's why. 
And uh, and this will be my my final 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 story. I I really genuinely believe in um, God's ability to move when we involve other people in our life. And I'm going to share just a, a moment that happened earlier earlier today, literally this morning. So I, I've been kind of like a traditionally like the Holy Spirit police in the past. Uh, like really kind of just wary, like, you know, people who are like doing cartwheels in the back during worship and like speaking, like yelling in tongues and like falling down, like random, like I've been like, you are possessed. Something's crazy is going on right now, right? Like I've been like really like, like I've been like freaked out by that traditionally, okay? And so I've been trying to learn a, a new understanding of of the Holy Spirit. And one of those things is, and this has taken a lot of time, and if you want to know the story, come find me after and we can talk about it, but, but basically this morning we were praying over camps, which you should 100% come and volunteer at, they're amazing, they're awesome, but we were praying over camps specifically, and I felt two things from the Lord, I felt like, God, would you just protect the valley, the camp valley from fire, um, would you please just protect it from fires, like it's fire season in the summer, it's crazy, and then I felt like the Lord was kind of just like, yeah, but not my fire, right? Like the Holy Spirit fire is going to just be in those camps and just go crazy. And I was like, okay, was that me or was that like the Lord? Cause like, that's a really Christianese thing to say, right? Like, did I come up with that in my brain? And then the second thing was like, and I said, you know, maybe this is from watching too much spirit, you know, that horse movie. Uh, cause my daughter loves horses. Like she's obsessed with horses, but, uh, there's like, I just like love watching horses. And I used to work at this, uh, as a fly fishing gu- guide for this organization called Refuge Foundation. And, um, and, uh, we'd watch these horses just like cross the river occasionally. It was like the coolest thing, but you'd watch these horses like get up to the river and then like one would like kind of like start, like one would like charge out and like, and just like go. And then the rest would be like, yeah, let's go. And they'd like stomp through the water and sometimes they'd have to like swim through. And they're like, this is like the most beautiful thing ever to watch. They're so cool. And uh, so I was like, maybe that's something like the Lord's saying is like, we just got to like jump into the river and like everyone, like keep all of our volunteers and counselors and like team together and just keep like wading through the river together. And I was like, but I don't know, maybe I'm just rambling and like, as I normally do. And maybe it doesn't mean anything. And uh, the cool thing is, uh, I don't have my phone. I left it over there. Brandon, would you grab my phone? It's uh, got some keys right next to it. But the cool thing is we're sitting there talking in faith. Bless her heart. She's had to work with me for a while. She's like completely checked out, okay? Understandably so, right? Like she's like, shut up, dude. Like I have to listen to you enough at work. And uh, and so I'm sitting there and she goes, no way. Just like that. It's spot on impression. No way. I was like, oh, what? And we're there with like a group of us. And she goes, did you read the verse of the day? And I was like, no way. And she said, well, here's what it says. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And that was good enough for me. So here's why. I believe that when we do life together in community with each other, when we're vulnerable with one another, when we practice sharing. Now, I'm not saying like, hey, guys, I'm going to share my confession. Uh, I murdered someone a couple of weeks. Right? Like, that's not what I'm talking about, right? Like, I'm not talking about your deepest, darkest like stuff. That's obviously not like the point. But the point is, 
The point is, when we do life together, when we're honest with each other, when we're vulnerable with each other, God moves in really crazy, powerful, amazing ways. And he validates that in us. He blesses us. I will never, I'll never forget that. It seems like a, such a small thing, like, and faith probably thinks not very much. That I will never forget that because it's been a journey for me to practice listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, take some time, talk through what your plan is, your battle plan or whatever, if you feel so inclined, or just go hang out and talk out there or go home. I don't know. Do what you want. <laughs> You're young adults. You don't have to wait for your parents. So uh, let's pray. And then, uh, yeah. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for your grace, even when we don't get it perfect, even when we don't get it right, even when we make mistakes. God, you are, you're still good and, uh, and you're faithful. And we're just so grateful that you've given us ways to grow and learning with you and learning to love you and learning uh, how to live the best life that we can live because you want us to live the best life that we can live. Uh, you created a way and we thank you for your love and your grace and your son and uh, God, we are just uh, blown away by you. And so God, would you continue to speak through each of us to each other? Would you continue to allow us to be an influence in this world that's positive and loving and kind? And God, um, we just, uh, just want to continue to submit to you and your authority. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.